Hello everyone and welcome to Y.S. AMA. Today I am sitting here with Aaron, our COO. Hi guys. Aaron and I have been working together for years and years. It feels like an eternity almost now. <laughs> um, we've seen and worked with a lot of these legacy systems that we're talking about today in this episode. Because recently we, we published this article called 10 Reasons to Move Away from Legacy Systems. We'll make sure to link to it below if you haven't read it. But maybe uh, for those who are not so keen on reading a full article on 10 reasons to move away from a legacy system, maybe Aaron, you can just give some of your highlights, what you've seen out there as the top, let's say two or three reasons to move away from a legacy system. Yeah, of course. I mean, 10 reasons is very limited, right? Because there's a lot of reasons why you should move away from a legacy system. But um, um, to highlight, a couple in the article that I, I think is the the biggest things to look at is, um, first of all, the expense that goes into maintaining a legacy system. Um, this is everything from uh, maintaining that you have the, the developers that worked on the system from day one, because if you if you if you change your developers or get new developers because they move on or whatever, you need to train them in that system. And the bigger the system gets, the harder it is to uh, maintain and everyone have knowledge and overview of that project. Um, obviously, as well, um, if your legacy system is a monolithical uh, project, um, then the technology involved is also very difficult to maintain because well, as technology changes, you have to change your whole system in one go. Um, so they say it creates a lot of expense. Um, also, uh, a legacy system, if it's uh, built with older technologies, as more and more people start using the platform, that can become an issue that you need to maintain. The servers keep them up and running and... It, it, yeah, that, that causes a lot of expense. Um, the, the other, this actually goes on to, into my second, I think most crucial point is the uh, the gap between legacy uh, and the current trends, which I've basically just mentioned into. Um, I mean, you can look at a, a lot of legacy systems out there. Um, one of them is banks that we'll mention in a minute, but uh, banks is, uh, their systems are so old, but they're secure, but they don't meet with the current trends of the technologies that are needed or the customer requirements that are needed. Um, so this uh, this is a huge problem with the current systems and uh, moving away from legacy systems and building something that's more manageable or more maintainable will uh, is is definitely the way forward here. Yeah, something that we also introduced in the article. Uh that I think is, is important for people to take away is technical debt. We, uh, we know, most of us who run businesses or organizations, we know about financial debt. Uh, we've seen that on our balance sheet or income statement, but something that most people haven't seen, uh, especially non-technical people, is technical debt. As you build a new system, uh, technical debt is zero. You have a new shiny system operating and everybody's happy. But then you have new feature requests and new devices coming out and new protocols, new operating systems, new bunch of things. And that means you need to keep up, but in order for you to adapt to the latest technology curve, it just becomes harder and harder, more and more maintenance, as you mentioned, Aaron. And your technical debt sort of slowly but surely creeps up on you. And uh, what happens a lot in organizations 
especially the organizations that have been operating for years now, they have this technical debt that is insanely high, like almost uh, unimaginable for people who are not sitting in the IT department. And they get frustrated, uh, the IT department gets frustrated because they can't do what they want. Like a lot of people have good intentions, but this technical debt really crumbles innovation in a lot of organizations. Yeah, and the, 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 the old trends of developing, uh, which is changing now, is to have these uh, monolithical services that run with each other, that are completely dependent on each other. And uh, the bigger these systems get, the more the technical debt grows because um, you, you need the automated testing in there, you, you, you need to uh, know exactly what's happening in the program and, and just bringing a new member into a team uh, increases the technical debt uh, tenfold because everyone needs to teach that guy, that guy needs to know, bringing, uh, adding more tests to uh, the program also does that because the testers need to be able to speak to the developers so the developers cannot be able to achieve what they want to do. So yeah, the technical debt on, uh, on uh, current uh, or let's say previous builds or with previous monolithical architectures, you know, single programs is just, is, is getting too high these days for most uh, yeah. uh, larger projects. And especially the documentation, as you mentioned, can be an <laughs> issue. Uh, more people get involved in the system. Uh, some people leave. Uh, I mean, in the beginning, you, you typically build a system where you document a lot. Everything is well documented and then change something, a feature is updated, whatever, and then you forget to update the documentation. And over the years, back to the technical debt piling up, over the years the documentation becomes super outdated. Yeah. Um, yeah, no one no one maintains documentation the way they should. I mean, it's always good at the start, but then you'll have um, whoever the stakeholders or the users of the system or whatever need something new and fast, so you, you go and change it, but you don't necessarily um, push. Uh, the, the the documentation out there so it, 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 it when a, n a new person comes in or even a developer that's worked on it for a long time comes back to a, a certain functionality they don't remember how it was coded or whatever so it can take you know for 10 times longer to do a simple change in a project that it would have taken when they first did it for example exactly and my favorite example I know I've been mentioning this many times if you watch Y Delta on, the, on YouTube or other articles, other medias. Uh, I talk a lot about this famous example of the oil tanker being connected uh, to uh, a financial bank's uh, legacy system. So typically what has happened in, uh, in organizations, well-established organizations, is they started to embrace the IT revolution in the 80s, maybe even 70s. And these old mainframe systems that they run on, most of them, uh, I mean, the developers who built it back in the 70s and 80s they either retired at this point or they are not here anymore. Um, so it's super, super hard to, uh, to maintain this, uh, this mainframe system. What has also happened is uh, back then there was more outages and electricity drops than, uh, than we see today. The infrastructure is better today than it was back then. So they even connected this mainframe system to an oil tanker. So if there was an outage of electricity, uh, you, you, you sort of, uh, kicked the like started this oil tanker so the system could keep running so just to give a an idea of how old some of these systems are um, and I know Aaron you have done some research and, and know a little bit about how these banks and uh, old financial institutions work 
Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about how they can get out of legacy systems and how how they manage all this. Yeah. Before we go into that, actually, you, you came up with a good example just now, and that's a, 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 a similar example which actually leads into the banks, is that all the government systems uh, back in the day, and I, I've forgotten the, the name of the coding technology they use, it begins with C, I want to say. Cobol. Cobol, yeah. yeah. And uh, basically, they have all these uh, servers which actually have reel-to-reel -reel, uh, backup and uh, data, which is very old school. And uh, they decided to try to keep up with the trend and get out their legacy system to fire all their developers um, and hire new developers that could work on the newer technologies and then um, they forgot maintenance and the system started to fail and there's points of failures so then they had to hire these developers back and they had to hire these developers back at way more than what they let them go at so it's examples that um, people think the legacy system is easy to switch from but it's actually very difficult and it takes a lot of planning which, which goes into the, the banks. I did some research into the banks because uh, that's, I think, is one of the current conversations because the bank systems have been around for years and they are probably one of the biggest legacy systems we have at the moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not a question of um, do we think we'll get out of the legacy system. It's a question of they have to get out of the legacy system. They, they have no choice. Um, and, and the banks know this and they're, they're trying to do changes currently. But the problem is, it's this concept of is it, if, it, if it ain't broke, don't touch it um, sort of thing. And um, I, I did some research in the UK. Um, if some of you might know, I'm from the UK. Uh, last year, three of the bigger banks uh, actually tr did change uh, some of their services away from the legacy into into uh, the newer technologies and they had massive outages in 2019 which really uh, was a massive fail so it, it, it's very difficult and the problem is the biggest problem is they don't have skills in-house they don't have developers in the bank um, that can do this sort of thing so they turn to fintech companies um, because there's a lot of new fintech companies uh, coming in the market now and starting up. And uh, they have their added issues because you need a fintech group that can take your whole legacy system um, and build the whole system from uh, the security side. They need to deal with your customer data. They need to add all your services. So it's, it's a huge job, um, but it will happen. It's just a matter of when. Um, yeah. Who do you see as the decision maker typically? Like the guy or the girl, woman sitting, deciding on this, because I can imagine people who don't see technical debt, they only see financial debt uh, on the business side, they won't be the best people to decide on whether to move away or maintain or whatever you might be able to do with your system. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there is many decision makers, but from my experience where we've come into working with legacy systems, um, there's a there's a block at one uh, level of the decision makers. I mean, the developers know that we need to build a new system. We need to move away from legacy. The product owners know the same. But uh, when you get up to the, the stakeholder level, that's normally where we see a block because the stakeholders see a product that's already running and they're like, okay, we can just change it. We can make small changes. We don't need to rebuild this, this product. We have it. Um, because they, they, they don't have the understanding that uh, eventually down the line this is going to cost them way more money or you know they, they just what they will just task everyone to find a cheaper way to do the same solution with the current legacy system not knowing eventually that one day this system will literally probably ticking time bomb just stop working um, 
and and we have seen this we've had seen we've seen systems that have just completely shut down because i mean browsers are evolving you know daily there's always new updates for browsers and uh, something that worked yesterday might not work today in a browser um servers the same because every single server out there is running an operating system we recently saw that uh, with uh, that uh, Microsoft has stopped supporting uh, Windows 7 and there's a lot of systems going down on those systems and it's exactly the same with uh, servers that they run on Windows or Linux and as uh, as um, these uh, serv as these operating systems die they the products start dying on them so there, there always has to be an evolution going on there and I think um, from my experience every time I've been talking to a company about legacy systems it's the stakeholders that are the hardest ones to get to buy in to why they need to change um, so I think my, my message out there is uh, basically if, if stakeholders should try to listen a bit more to the the experts below them and, and try to understand the situations and weigh up okay there might be a bigger cost now but in the long run the cost will be so much cheaper um, and the fact that the, the they will have a new system um, that is built in a better way. They can service their customers much faster with their requests. They can make sure their system is probably even more secure, secure than it is now, um, and provide a better service. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, bringing in the experts, I think it's uh, is in short uh, supply sometimes also for these organizations. Um, but I think also, it is, it is a little bit difficult for uh, managers, CEOs, whatever, because uh, they don't see these issues typically. Like uh, this technical debt creeps up on them uh, as a big surprise, and only when the toilet is burning, uh, if you fix the issue, right? In two thousand nine, uh, what you mentioned, bringing in fintech companies, <laughs> it's a it's a hard thing to predict. Like uh, if it ain't broken, as you said, why go fix it, right? Yeah. Uh, sort of a logic that you see a lot out there at least and, and that is the problem because normally inside the organization they may have some development team but um, they've worked with that legacy system for so long they kind of have blinkers to working with that system so one of the ways to maybe uh, get out of this legacy is to look outside to look at fintech groups look at outsourcing um, to different companies and um, this is where people get scared because they think that this, there's, there's going to be a massive point of failure here, but if you find the right partnership, the right people to work with, um, you won't have that. You will actually have someone outside that has new, fresh ideas and can actually get you out of this uh, this this place where you're stuck and actually help you uh, evolve the system. So it's just about finding a fintech group when it comes to banks or if you have a, any other system, just finding an agency out there that wants to work with you and, and, and build a partnership to build something that will last for a long 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 time nice. yeah. so what's the what's the typical solution that you see out there i mean we can all agree i think that technical debt legacy systems all that stuff is uh, to be avoided i don't think anybody in the financial industry or any other industry that has a legacy system are doing or building a legacy system because they're evil <laughs> uh, it just sort of happens as uh, the years go by so what do you typically see as the as a solution for people to yeah, that's the big question, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, we identify these uh, problems are here, but how do we move away from them? There's no one uh, rule for this, but uh, from my experience, um, I would say 
the first thing is to you're, you're never going to go into a company and understand their system uh if it if that system's been around for 25 years you, you're not going to go in and understand their database their, their their code or anything like that so the easiest way for me is to go in and find what we call the lowest hanging fruit and find the, the small thing you can start on um so we could go in we can find uh, a project where it's just it could be as simple as redoing their landing page so it's easier for the marketing team to work on it or take a, a service out of the legacy system like a messaging service and rebuild it standalone um, still talking to the legacy system because then you start to uh, build the, the with that project you start to build the basis of the new system um, and this kind of goes into what is the best way, best architecture now to go into because the, the, the newest trend, and it's actually not even a trend, it's the most sensible way to go, is to move away from monolithical builds, these massive projects and move into microservices. Um, um, because this way you build your, you can build your entire project in smaller little chunks that are independent services that can be rebuilt at any time. Um, this isn't uh, good for every single project out there, but I could say a good chunk of those projects could do with, uh, you know, having a microservice build so that the project can always evolve. You can have new microservices, you can take them away and, 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 and so forth. The, the, uh, the other option um, is to look into third party services because why, why reinvent the wheel? I mean, if something already exists, payment gateway, maybe a message system, maybe a system for storing your media. Why create that yourself? So I, I, I recommend uh, moving into third party is a, is a good idea, but you have to do it sensibly. So every time you use a third party service, build a layer of protection between your project and the third party service. So something in the middle that will communicate between the two. Because I mean, the good thing about having a third party service is they maintain everything. You don't need to worry about that project, but the that service could disappear one day. So if you build this layer in the middle, you can easily switch to the third, uh, the third third party services. Or one comes along that has a bit more functionality than you than than the the previous one had. So you can introduce that without really affecting your main project. Mm. What could be an example of a third party uh, API, just uh, for the non-technical people out there <laughs> who can uh, relate a little bit? Is it like a financial provider? Is it a accounting software that you tap into? Or? It's all of those, right? I mean, the biggest two, I guess, would be uh, a payment gateway or a right. uh, invoicing system, right? I mean, right. we've worked with uh, Economic and uh, some other services uh, here. And um, they, they are the biggest ones because imagine the... Let's actually take Economic, right? Economic is the party service, so you're building... Uh, you're rebuilding your system and you want to do invoicing inside Denmark. So economic is probably a good solution. Mm -hmm. um, so then you, you you build this layer in between so it can communicate, but then you want to expand your market um, and you want to go to, I don't know, France or something, and they have a completely different invoicing system from economic. So then you have the choice of uh, adding another third party to this layer. So, so this layer in between the code and your third party systems can talk to either system easily. Um, and that's not talking about moving away from legacy systems, but again, it, 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 it's still protecting you because if economic died tomorrow, <laughs> you can just replace it with another third-party service. So, I see. Yeah. Nice. 
And uh, microservices especially is a, uh, is a big trend, as you say. It's been going on for some time now, but um, it's really picking up fast. Uh, we build it a lot here in Wyatelta uh, when we build projects and uh, different systems. We, uh, we always try to adopt microservices. It's, uh, it seems to be where the technology sector is heading in general. Uh, no way to fight against this and no reason to. And that's actually the next subject that we have uh, for our next newsletter, our next articles. So if you're not subscribed already, head over to wideelta.com, uh, sign up, drop your email, and you'll get the latest news within, uh, within technology, web, mobile, everything in between. You can also get a free ebook. We have uh, written a book named Software is Feeding the World. Again, if you drop your email, you actually get a free version of the ebook. So uh, feel free to do that, of course. Any last words, Aaron, before we close up? I was just going to say, listen out for that microservice, uh, you know, talk and uh, the article because uh, in the last six months we've uh, we've actually mastered microservices uh, finally. So uh, it will be a very interesting uh, read to hear about uh, what we've learned about them. Awesome. Well, guys, until then, I will see you for the next one.